we, I'm just going to get right into it because we have a special treat. As you can see, there are some chairs behind me. I don't plan to be long up here. I've only been married a year. I, I don't have experience enough to be preaching on marriage. Um, but I did want to share a couple verses because we should invoke scripture um, about what we're doing today. As you can see, we have a panel where we have a panel planned with some special guests. Um, so jumping, oh, actually, yes, yes, yes. Let me, let me just give you a heads up so you guys can start thinking about now. We're going to have some questions and you guys are also going to be open to asking your own questions. We're going to have a little bit of a Q&A style. Mm-hmm, that's right, Jack. So begin to percolate and meditate on what you want to ask. You can also, you know, ask for a friend. You know, if you got any questions, you can ask for a friend. But we're going to jump right into Proverbs 4, 7. It says, the first step to becoming wise is to look for wisdom. So use everything you have to get understanding. I want to back up because I'm so used to saying it with you guys. Can we stand as we read scripture? I know I just told you to sit, but let's stand. Let's sit back down. That's right. I'm taking you back to the cathedrals, y'all. No. Uh, let's kneel. No. On the count of three, we're going to say this together. One, two, three. The first step to becoming wise, look for wisdom. So use everything you have to get understanding. Next scripture, please. Proverbs 24, 5 through 6, on the count of three. One, two, three. Wisdom makes a man more powerful. Knowledge gives a man strength. Get good advice before you start a war. To win, you must have many good advisors. And our last opening scripture, 1 Corinthians, it says, on the count of three, one, two, three, it is God who has made you part of Christ Jesus. And Christ, wisdom from God. He is the reason we are right with God and pure enough to be in his presence. Christ, from sin. Amen and amen. You guys can be seated. Actually, there's one more. Can you get up? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, you were nice. Um, we are concluding our series, If Jesus Was My Relationship Therapist. And I thought these scriptures were fitting for what we were doing today because we're going to be seeking wisdom. We're going to be trying to get some understanding. I'm hosting, so... I'm going to be getting, I have questions. Sorry, baby. Um, Proverbs, the scripture that we also read, said that there's wisdom in multiple advisors. Uh, we are going to be seeking good counsel. also says, I didn't know this part was in there, seek wisdom before you start a war. Some of us in our relationships have not been seeking wisdom. So you don't realize how petty your partner is until you start to try to be petty. You're like, oh, oh, I didn't know this was a life sport for you. <laughs> but above all, in all the wisdom that is found, I love that all through scripture, that is just one verse that says that Jesus is wisdom. He's the embodiment of wisdom. And so when we seek Jesus, when we look to Jesus, when people are like, why that church? Oh, we point to Jesus because he's wisdom, he's love, he's wholeness, he's everything. 
Um, so, yeah, I'm going to seek Jesus. Yes. Some of you are spiritual. Some of you, you know, it's a journey. No, I'm kidding. Um, but honestly, and so in all that we're going to be doing today, um, Jesus will be at the center because he is wisdom and we will be seeking wisdom. With no further ado, why don't you help me welcome my co-host for the evening, the lovely, the beautiful, the one I'm trying to understand, Miss Amanda Remedios. Look at that outfit. Somebody called a petty partner. You brought me a water. I'm here. You're so cute. Look at us. We're so fancy. Uh, guys, you also need to know that today is like the most unscripted thing we've ever done at Kuhau. Yeah. So be prepared. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, that is my cause. Baby, you want to call up the rest of the gang? Yes. Can we bring up our pastors, Pastor Ro, Pastor Alisa, and we got, we got, <laughs> let's get a round of applause for them. It's about to get real. It's about to get real. Do you have, do you have the papers? Oh, those are my papers. Yes. Why you do that? Why don't you help me welcome Mr. and Mrs. John and Mei Ling Miranda. Make some noise. I said it today. They are the longest married uh, together couple here because they count the moment they made eye contact. <laughs> no They spoilers. found out they ran into each other one day on 42nd Street and they didn't know 46. each other. 46. <laughs> Let the record show. they're like, show. oh, so we're going to start from there. Yes. They're like, actually, when we were born, the Lord had you for me. So... <laughs> No. Amen. These are our lovely ho uh, panel members for the evening. That's we are right. your hosts. How are you guys feeling today? Yeah. Oh. Right. Before we get into things, yes. we should pray. Yeah, let's do it. Pastor, would you do that? Would you do the honors? Would you do that? That's me. Heavenly, <laughs> Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord. Thank you that um, you allow moments like this to occur, Lord, so that we can just pull from them. And receive what it is that you want to say through ordinary people like ourselves, Lord God. That you would take the flawed things to build our faith. That you would take the imperfect things to help us lean into your perfect love. And so we pray. We pray that our conversation today may be one that is graceful. That as we um, engage in this uh table talk as we engage in this panel, Lord God, that I pray that me and John may not say anything that will get us in any kind of argument on the way home. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen and amen. Okay. Um, so we, like I said, we will be facilitating questions, but we're going to break the ice. We're going to ask some questions and then we'll let you know. And Anna, we will call you up. Anna will be facilitating. And so she's going to come on up. She'll be here. And once you are ready with your questions, questions, you can begin to form a line. We're, we're very, we, we having fun today. Hey. Because uh -huh, once you get to the pyramid, that's where you said, right? So uh, okay. <laughs> uh, we're keeping it very lackadaisical, very lax. So as you think of a question, you can come up. Uh, but we'll announce Anna. Once Anna's here. That's your cue that as you guys think of questions, you can come up. Once you ask your question, you can be seated. If you think of another question, you come back. So on and so forth. Why does Pastor o already have a question? <laughs> I'm looking I, at him like, he's like, like, I hope this thing goes well because I got a weekday getaway to spend four days with my beautiful okay. bride. Come on, somebody. Pastor o, what is your least favorite thing about... <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, first question, let's just... She said, what is your least favorite thing? She's like, I love to know. No, no. Um, I think that we don't want to assume that we all know you guys. So yeah. let's just do some introductions mm -hmm. about like, just the essentials of your marriage, how long you've been married, a little bit about yourself, just to go starting from you, Pastor Ralph. Me? Pastor Lisa. Okay. Hi. <laughs> I am Pastor Lisa. Um, hey. Hi. Yeah, just call me Lee. Um, about myself, I love you Jesus. Yeah, you guys uh, together. As a couple, the two of you as a couple. How long have you guys been married? Okay, we've been married for 12 years. Wow. Yes, we just made 12 years in August. Please give you it are. up for 12 years. Yes. It's so funny because um, for us, 12 years, we see that that's a whole child, right? Mm -hmm. A 12-year-old child. A 12-year-old child is usually like in sixth grade or something like that. And when Eric and Annette were here and they were praying for us, the first thing that they said was, 12 years? Oh, that's nothing. And I'm like, so who? Because, <laughs> but 12 years has been great, baby. <laughs> 12 years, we've been married 12 years and God's done a great thing, but I guess we're gonna get into that. Um, um, do you wanna know more about myself? <laughs> Miranda's, how long have you guys been married together? <laughs> I don't remember. He's going to ask me because he always does. Um, we've been together for, we just celebrated our 17th dating anniversary hey. last weekend. And we've been married for 14 and a half years, 15 Woo! years in April. Wow. Give it up. Very exciting. Tell us a little bit more about yourselves. Oh, a little bit more. <laughs> um, so fun fact. Me and John were our first boyfriend and girlfriends when we were 13. Wow. Stop well, it. I was 13. He was 14. Wow. So you were dating wow. at 13. That's so cute. Wait. I know. Sheila, you cannot Please. date. She was dating at 13. Um, <laughs> um, so, you know, we, you know, that was popular, right? It was silly eighth grade stuff. But um, fast forward. I had a whole life, he had a whole life. I have a 23-year-old from a previous marriage. Um, I know I don't look like I have a 23-year-old, but I do. Woo. And um, we kind of linked up, we kind of encountered each other on in Sunset Park where we grew up. Um, when sunset? My son, sunset, I know, right. Sunset. Uh, when my son was six. So from that moment on, John never stopped calling me, and here we are, wow. 17 years later. Stalking works. <laughs> is, is your song, why are you so obsessed with me? I won't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, that's a cool one. Do you guys have a fun fact about your relationship? Uh, well, uh, well. I'm sure there's plenty. Let me plenty. see. Fun fact is... Second marriage. It's our second marriage. So second for marriage. Each. Fun fact is he has two children from a previous. I do. Which are 14 and 18, Bishop and Selah. <laughs> yes. My babies, too. I have two children from... I have two men from a previous marriage, 25 and 23 years old. Wow. And you we, look 25 and 23 years old. Yeah. <laughs> There's a seven I think if you add the... Year, no. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. That's not funny, There's bro. a seven-year age gap between Ro and I. That's a fun fact. That is fun. Wow, that was a lot. Good. <laughs> She's, younger. She's seven years older than I am. 
I could be Yamamoto. Fun, you know what I'm fun <laughs> fact, that runs in the family because I'm five years older than Ruben. Wow! So, uh, Yo! Okay? I like him with experience, yes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 just life experience. Life experience. Life experience. <laughs> Their community group is called Cougars. No, just joking. <laughs> We're going to cut the we live stream at this point. Oh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's been real. <laughs> Fran is older than Gerard, right? Yes. Wow. Right. How many years, Fran? Should have bought a Honda, not a Kia. Come on, somebody. All right, guys. Let's get, should we get into it? Yes. Yeah, yes, so maybe. we have, we split the questions up into, like, some really chill questions. Fun questions. Super easy, you know. And then we get into some heavy stuff. Yeah. Okay. okay. You guys ready for it? Yes. Yes. Okay. You guys ready? All right, are you guys are you guys thinking about your questions? <laughs> Who's Sheila's already writing these down. Who's ready? Show of hands. Who's ready? Wow, we gotta go quick then, baby. We can't. We can't take our. Lightning round. All right. What is your favorite thing about being married to your spouse? My favorite thing about being married to my spouse. Keep it PG. Dang, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> My kids, my kids are here. My favorite thing about. Bishop is saying, can you go to Cool Hop Kids, please? <laughs> this is, watch, if you're, just rewatch this and see how we progressively get redder and redder throughout the. <laughs> oh my, my favorite God, thing funny. is that I am truly married to my best friend, and uh, the moments that we, we laugh a lot. There's, of course, you know, in a relationship, in any relationship, there's, there's moments of disagreements, arguments even. But at the end of the day, um, I love him immensely, and we are best friends, and we laugh a lot. So that's one. Mm. Um, keep it at PG. What I absolutely, and I know this is going to sound like the Christian cliche, but I genuinely love the fact that she is a woman after God's own heart. This woman, I cannot deny that this woman absolutely loves Jesus. And as much as I try to compete with Jesus, I always end up losing. I'd be like, we'd be play fighting and wrestling, and I'd be like, who's your king? She'd be like, Jesus. That's right. What can you do? You know what I mean? But I uh, absolutely love that. The woman that I call my best friend, the woman that I lay my head next to every single night is someone that is absolutely in love with Jesus. And like, you know, this is not, this is not something that you just see on stage when I tell you something about Lisa. It's like this woman is a woman after God's own heart. This is a woman that's always seeking God's presence. She, she checks me on stuff. She'd be like, hey, did you pray about that? I'm like, I don't need to pray about that. I'm a pastor. And she's just like in tune with the Holy Spirit. And I, that in my heart is my favorite thing. Thank you. Love you. And then the other stuff I'll tell you later. <laughs> May or John? Yeah, yeah. What's, What's your, favorite your favorite thing about married about being married to John? Um, Let's just keep it on. Hey, sorry, yeah. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, my favorite thing about being married to John is that uh, it's probably the same thing that Lee said. John makes me laugh like nobody's business. Um, you guys see me a lot. Uh, he's he's very personable, so he we just laugh a lot. We also laugh a lot. We crack up over the silliest things, and um, that's the best thing. He always makes, even even when we have bickering moments, he'll say something like, 
right after it, and I'm just looking at him like, you know when you can't stay mad? Like, you're just like, you know what? Forget it. Like, I'm just over this already. So he always makes me laugh. And, um, and honestly, the best thing, one of the other things that's also great about being married to John is how much, how he loves is probably yeah. one of the best, is probably Don't the best. Don't make us cry yet. I know, right? I know. How he loves is probably, <laughs> so how he loves just yeah. unconditionally um, is pretty amazing. So. Amen. We love you, John. Hey. Um, hey. So if I had to say something about Let's give it up for John. Hey. John is. Out here. Out here. Let's go. We out here. We growing. Um, <laughs> just hold, hold the mic up a little. Yeah, sorry. So if it's something I could say about being married to me is every day I learn something new about her. Mm. So you would think that being together for the length of time that we have been and married for the length of time, I would know her like a book. And every day I learn something else, a new fruit, <laughs> a fruit that she likes, uh, <laughs> something that, that just makes her laugh or just her sharing stuff that she didn't share with anybody else or didn't even share with me because she couldn't yet, you know? And just being transparent and knowing that I get to spend the rest of my life with my best friend is a blessing. All right. So the things you learn every day is not because there's multiple That's personalities awesome. or anything like that. It's just not just. Oh, no, no, no. She got saved I mean, and that changed. So we're good. We're good. That changed. <laughs> Matrix. Having said that, yes. what is your partner's quirkiest quirk? We can start, yeah, yeah. We can start this way, Barry. His quirk is quirk is <laughs> if, like, you know how sometimes you, like, you're not comfortable on a kitchen table or on a sofa and you sit on the floor to eat? Somebody walks over his food, that's it. <laughs> he, he's not eating it. He will close it and just, like, if one of the kids by mistake might just walk over it, I'm like, you're not going to eat that? He's like, nah. They walked over my food. I'm like... What do you mean? All like, the germs definitely <laughs> fell on it. I'm like, I'm like, the particles. <laughs> so that's his, that's probably what it's going to It's the things unseen. Let's go. So I am always hot. Like, just my body heat is just. On the temperature of hell. Fire. Is this, is this your partner's quirkiest quirk? Yes. Because that sounds like your quirk. Yes. <laughs> so, no, I'm going to tell you. So, whether it's summer, winter, whatever season it is, Ro is always cold. And because he's always cold, he has to wear certain things. So, his quirkiest thing is that when he comes to bed at night, he's coming with socks, jogging pants, and his jogging pants are like tucked into his socks. Yeah. He has a scully like this. Is that called a he scully? A is that a hat? He has a hat, he has a, he has a shirt, he has a sweater, he, he puts it, he zippers it up, he puts on his hood, and then he has his sweater and his shirt tucked into, that's how he comes to, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, and that's, um, yeah, that's in summer, winter, and then in those winter cold days, he has gloves. What? Oh my, wait, but Lee, yes. Lee. And then I look at her and I say, I... baby, all this is yours. <laughs> Lee, you got to tell them how many layers of socks because they're just thinking one pair. No, it's two layers of socks. Pastor, two socks. Yeah. He takes putting on the armor of God serious. Quirky is the, I don't know if it's quirky, but it's definitely weird. 12 years, I've not heard this woman fart. 12 years. 
It's been 12 years. Bro, that's, and not, I have that's not, not a quirk. That's a skill. Heard her fart. I'm starting to think we need to go that's to the doctor. Skill. That's a miracle. That's a, ma- that's a massive skill. <laughs> that's a miracle, and I need Lisa to start hanging out with, with Ruben more Yo. often because. It's like, what the? My it's baby. It's true, though. It's true. <laughs> Rose, the only man looking for it. He hears furniture. I'm like, was that a fart? Because then it's like, wow, the honor that you would fart in front of me. Uh, but yes. How about you, John? That ever happened to you? <laughs> no, I go all the time. Um, no. For, for me, uh, you see she wears glasses, right? We all see she wears glasses. And what baffles me is at night, like, we'll lay down, we'll be in the bed. She'll take off her glasses to see her phone. <laughs> so she'll, she'll be like this. Glasses off. With the light on like this. <laughs> and I'm like, but why don't you just put your glasses on? She's like, but they bother me. And I'm like, but how can you see? How can you see? The phone is in her face. She, I'm like, bro, any closer, you're in the phone. Like. My eyes need to rest. <laughs> and any closer, screen. she's in the meta universe, right? <laughs> okay. All right, this is our last icebreaker question. Oh, you want me? Okay, cool. Um, if your relationship was a book or movie chronicling your life together so far, what would it be titled? And just because there was some confusion when we were writing this, not like what would you title it? Not like what movie Exists is, you know? Make sense? No. Just, just name it your life it? movie. What title would you give it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not so, like drawing uh, from question, movies that are out there. If, if there was a book or a movie that was about your life together, what would you title it? Not a movie. Not a movie yeah, yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. Um, you guys want to come together, maybe, to figure oh, it out? Oh, that should be good. Or do we, See, or do we each They're already coming together. Oh, Look or at do them. we each give our own? Like I'll give you the title what you guys to my do. side. Each the, couple decides. Yes. Side. Yeah, yeah. So it looks like John and May are coming together. You want to They're in. All right. They're good. All right. Give it a couple of seconds. How are you guys liking this so far? You guys I like it so far? Oh, we'll give them some time to think about it. So we would title our book. So it would be a book, not a movie. It would be a book. Yeah. Because I'm I'm a nerd. John probably would have said movie. Honestly, but I'm going to say a book because okay. I have the mic. So I'm going to say what the book would be. <laughs> um, Stumbling Forward. Oh, wow. Stumbling Forward. That sounds like a rom-com. <laughs> Maybe we'll write it's it. It's definitely a rom-com. That was good. <laughs> PG titles, Pastor. PG titles. Okay. Now, if this is two separate titles or you guys came together? No, no it's together. Uh, one title. I pressure. It's, yeah, it's one title. Um, but there's also a song attached to it, so go ahead, baby. Oh, okay. There's a song? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Ready? <laughs> I think that it'll be called something along the lines of... She said, Awimboe. Not the Fast and Furious? When she does, she gets me red. I can't do it. I'm like, I'm the one that's supposed to make the jokes like that. Uh, I think it'll be called something along the lines like, like if you would have given up sooner, you would have missed out. Oh, that's good. That's so deep. You know, like, yeah. Like, don't give up. Don't give up too soon. Don't give up too soon. Nice. Yeah, you guys want movie or book? 
Both. Don't give up oh, We write music. Poems. <laughs> Baby, I want to get on this. What would we call our um, lives together? Run, run the parade? Oh, yeah, but they don't get that. That's okay. They don't have to get it. That's right. It's ours. <laughs> and ours is a multi-season TV show sitcom. It is. With syndication no, it rights. Is. We've been picked up for 10 seasons. Yes. yes. No, Amanda, well, no, you do it I'm less. matching it to Grey's Anatomy. However long they're going, we're going. I just so. want you guys to know, in real life, I look at whatever camera is around me. Like, I'm in the office. I go, <laughs> <laughs> cut to me right now. Dude. Use this camera, guys. I know God's watching, so. <laughs> so, um, all right, let's keep going. Let's keep going. All right. All right so we're moving in to some deep questions. We'll ask, kind, like, kind one of. for the nice... sake of time, because I know that... We got a patient crowd here, yeah. um, and Go we on. really just prepared these as backup in case no one had questions. You know, we don't have to. No, I have real questions. Oh, I'm sorry. Maybe I don't need any questions. Cause... All right, so. All right, let's just get into it. All right, knowing that Jesus is meant to be the first thread in the cord or braid of our relationship, in what way does that show up in your marriage? Ooh. Mm. What way is Jesus? entangled in in the marriage and we can go popcorn style whoever has an answer yeah yeah i i want to say first of all i want to start by saying that this is an area that even as a, a pastor seems much more difficult for me i'm talking about in a practical level mm -hmm. i think that in um there is a fundamental understanding within our relationship that we know that even the reason we're together is for a God purpose, God centered. Mm -hmm. And our decisions, our talk are all grounded on that, like any decisions, any. But in terms of the practical application about it, uh, in terms of the prayer, in terms of the Bible study, in, in terms of being intentional, maybe doing a marriage retreat, those things like that, that are intentional. Um, I think it has come a lot more fluid for Lisa. For me, it's something that she's had to hold me accountable as the leader of the home where it comes to like, honey, like when we pray together, that's everything to me. You know, like when, you know, and for me, for me it's more like we pray together, amen. For her, it's like she's breathing oxygen you know, spiritual oxygen. And she says to me, you know, like, I want to do devotionals with you more often. I want to um, do Bible studies. I want to be able to pray. And so I want to preface everything I'm about to say with that because I, I feel like I don't want to stand here and be like, yeah, this is what we do. You know what I mean? And my wife is like, who are you talking about right now? You would see it on my face. <laughs> But I think that one of the things that we learned from Craig Rochelle, to be honest, is pray together, make it quick, quick, make it consistent. And that has been helpful. So in the mornings, we take one of the things that we have practiced is taking the Bible app, putting on the devotional, going through the meditation, because it has a guided meditation on the Bible app. And that's something that we've been practicing regularly. We both kind of wake up at the same time, and we've been putting that to practice. The healing stuff has been the counseling, the matrix, uh, and all those things have leaned into putting God at the center of our relationship. How about you, baby? Oh, okay. Um, for us, I think 
that <laughs> I feel like we um, we come together. If you know John, John's not a reader, but for our marriage, John will read. Aww. So we have um, we have ordered like books, like marriage books, like Christ censored marriage books, and we have read through them together. Um, and we take out little things, like the, you know, the, the lessons learned through those books. Um, and I'm so proud of him, because when he does it, he's like, hey, we read. I was like, I know, we finished. Um, so that's something that we, we always try to keep in the forefront, whether it's um, just sending each other stuff that we find or things like that, knowing that um, it's more and more like all these years in, I I I question the I ask the Lord sometimes like you had this plan all along, like detours and everything in our own lives like you've had this planned, and now in this season we're seeing the fruition of what God had planned, <clears throat> and so we are I think I want to say right if you, I'll speak to you later but I want to say that we um we we are coming to full understanding or a better understanding that our marriage is for God's purpose. So we Amen. nurture it a lot. So if you ever follow, if you ever see me, we, we go on things like crazy. Like, we're just like, we're going on a date. Like, we're leaving. Somebody <laughs> stay with the kids, we're leaving. But we do that with intention um, because we know that we need to be on the same page, you know, when it comes to ministry, when it comes to the kids, when it comes to our household, <clears throat> so we are very intentional in that and just and keeping Jesus grounded there. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Do you want any to add anything? Oh, or? Yeah, just real quick. I, I goof with Pastor O'Lee, right? Like they've been married before. This was my first marriage, right? And <laughs> we go we Mine goof, too, bro. We're, maybe the, we're it, the only right? newbies to we, this. I goof about <laughs> it, but like one of the things I told May from the very beginning was is like you are my one and only marriage. Like, I am dedicating everything I have and everything I am to you yeah. to make sure that this works. Like, we're not going to repeat the same mistakes that we did before, yeah. previous relationships and whatnot. Like, you want to wean those things out, right? So when I told her, like, the symbolism of the ring, right, it's eternal. It's one that's forever. Like, we're not going to keep doing this dance, you know? So, yeah, yeah I just so wanted to good. add that. Wow. Give it up for them. Baby, you are my one and only marriage. I'm going to do everything. Thank you so much. All right. So um. Um, <laughs> at this time, Anna, why don't we give it up for Anna? Why don't you come yeah! down by the steps? Uh, also, you guys, you can meet Anna down this way just so you're closer to us. Um, if you have any questions, she will be here to facilitate. Yes. Um, in a second, I'm going to give you a mic. What was that? Oh, yeah, yeah I'm going to pass you this mic. Uh, but you guys can begin lining up. I'm going to just ask this question so that we have something while we... Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yes. Hey, I also want to say, Pastor Ruben, if I could kind yeah, of interject course. real quick. You know, one of the reasons that we're doing uh, a marriage panel is because some of the teachings that we've heard, they can sound very, like, lofty and theoretical and kind of up here. We want to be able to kind of get to the practical application of these things. You know, like here, here's a life uh, relationship, a marriage. Like we go through the same thing many relationships go through. And how 
all the message that we've heard, how have we been able to apply it in a practical way in our own lives? Because you know that we can hear something and it could sound great, but then you're like, well, where do I start? How do I do that? Uh, I've gone through this. What happens when you've gone through this? And so we wanted to give that opportunity to allow that, the practical side of our marriage to be able to speak a message as well. Amen? So good. Um, this will be the last one. Well, this will be the last one that we intentionally ask, and then we'll give it over to the floor. Um, I feel like I have to preface with you guys. PG-13 now. How do you maintain your enthusiasm? Now you see why I said it. For one another as a couple and individually. I know what. We have intentional date nights. We have, in, we schedule, Ro, uh, make sure to schedule time to, um, for prayer. And we have intentional date nights. So that's something that we've done. And to be honest, Lee makes it easy because Lee is just a ball of excitement and enthusiasm. And so, like, it'll be 2 o'clock in the morning and she's like, ha! You know, so, <laughs> so, you know, like, her energy span is, like, at least 16, 17 hours. I got a good maybe 10 hours of good energy, you know, but she's, like, 16, 18 hours. And so, you know, she keeps me up. Uh, for me and May, it's the same, sort of the same. Uh, she's my forever girlfriend, right? Forever girlfriend. And we made sure, like, one of the things that we stayed doing was dating. No matter what, like, we'll carve out two weekends a month or, you know, once every other month. But we make it intentional to go and spend alone time. Yeah. If, I, if you take anything from anything we say, that has to be intentional. Because if you allow your life and work and even ministry could become overwhelming. Yeah. And what happens is the spouse will suffer because it's like, okay, yeah, we're praising God, but now I'm by myself. Or we're building, but I'm by myself. You know, so when you carve out those moments, even if it's just 30 minutes to Dunkin' or Starbucks for you weirdos. Um, That's true. <laughs> Repent. <laughs> Um, being intentional. Security. <laughs> being intentional about dating and will change everything. Yeah. yeah, and we joke about it all the time because I'm telling you, me and John go on dates. Like we just like we out. Like we're leaving. Um, and it's not. It's it's even more on top of that. It's um, you know we weren't built to uh, be alone or do ministry alone or do life alone. So um, it's always important because. Things get very mundane very easily. Like, you know, your day in, your day out. By thir by Wednesday, Thursday, if we haven't, if we're, like, passing by each other at home, because who got to go to this sport? Who has to go to dance? Who has a, a thing at school? Who, you know, who has a meeting here? Who has a meeting there? By Wednesday, Thursday, we feel it. Mm -hmm. yeah. we, we're, like, we're like passerbyers, like, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> you know, and, and it gets very busy, so it's, the key word there is it has to be intentional. intentional. It has to be intentional. Spending the time together definitely has to be intentional because life can life will keep on going. Yeah. You know, whether you're intentional with it or not. So good. Um, we can, are can I just add something to uh, one of the things that have been extremely helpful in our relationship is understanding each other's love language. Mm -hmm. 
and whether you kind of believe it or not, there's a book that's written there by Gary Chapman, and it's been extremely helpful for us. Because how many know, like, I could speak uh, in a different language, and I could tell you I love you in Chinese, Niho uh, Chao, something like that. I forget how it is, but something like I had it memorized at one point. But I could yell at the top of my lungs, I love you. If you don't understand that language, you're just going to think I'm, be, I'm yelling at you or I'm speaking something to you, but you can't understand. And so for our marriage, understanding, like for me, like quality time is like down here on, on the, you know, on the spectrum of the love languages. For me, it's words of affirmation yes. and physical touch. Come on, somebody. Um, but yeah, so like for me, physical touch and words of affirmation is all day, every day, 24 hours. Lisa just got to touch me and tell me I look good and I'm the happiest man on the, in the world. <laughs> And so, but quality time is extremely significant for my wife. Hers is physical touch, quality time, and touch me some more. And so, and then quality time consists of watching a movie and touching her at the same time. Like, just touch my toes and just, you know. And, and, and physical touch doesn't always mean, I know what you guys are thinking, it doesn't always mean sexual touch. It's just physical touch, physical. Um, um, and so... You know, I'm speaking to the men because I know we think it's a mixed signal. It's not a mixed signal. It's just <laughs> non-sexual intimacy and just physical touch. Um, but um, that has been extremely helpful to know that, yeah, I have to carve out time for my wife, for me in particular, because I am not a quality time person. I promise you, like my kids know, like I literally have to get everything done before I pick up Sayla on the weekend because she's quality time too. <laughs> and so I have to carve out that time because that's the best way she understands yeah. I love her. She understands I love her. Knowing, like, my baby's spending time with me versus I could tell her, baby, you're gorgeous. Baby, I love you. Baby, you're amazing. Oh, my God, look at those slanted eyes, how gorgeous they are. Look at that hair, how it just falls up. She's like, all right, but you're still working. Like, I need you to get <laughs> off the computer and be with me. That has been extremely helpful. And I'm on, on the reverse side, I'm words of aff affirmation. So her speaking to me in a, word that's in a way that's affirming, her complimenting me, that goes a long way. Her spending time with me, eh, I'm okay with it. It's like, good. But what really matters to me is the physical touch and the words of affirmation. And that's the best way I understand love, and that's the best way she understands love. So now when I'm, now watch this. I had to become fluent with her lang love language to be able to speak it well. So even though quality time, even though I don't speak Portuguese, I learned Portuguese so that I can best communicate to her who understands the proverbial Portuguese here that I love her. Amen? So good. And Just a quick CG plug. Oh, man, that's what I'm talking about. That's right. I got what your back. And, oh, and, just, and with that being said, we are actually going through the five love languages yes. in community group uh, this season. One of, one of the things he says um, is it means more when it doesn't come natural. Yes. It means more because you're going out of your way. Having said that, um, and because of time, we want to get into these burning questions. Yeah. Um, just some particulars, too. Know that this is relationship, and so this can be for every stage of life that you are in. I personally believe even, like, when you can master marriage, 
you can master any other relationship in your life, like coworker or on you, you know? So some of this can uh, transcend. And so if you have questions about singleness, if you have questions about just regular relationships, yeah. you know, this is a good place to do it as well. Um, we just don't have a ton of time, so we're looking for kind of quicker answers. Yeah, yeah. That way we could get more yeah. questions in. Awesome. Why'd, you, why'd you only look at Pastor Rowan when you said that? <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll try to be brief. And also, are you guys okay with, with being here? Like, yeah. Yeah? Yeah? Oh. yeah? Everybody's like, no. <laughs> okay. All right. So having said that, you know, if we go over, I think this is good. Miss Anna, will you direct you. us? And I just want to say thank you guys for doing this because we get to glean from you. And it's been amazing. Can we just give it up to our panelists, please? Okay, so right here we have Chanel. Beautiful name. Love it. And do you have a question for our panelists? Yes. So my first question is for Pastor Rowan, Pastor Lisa. I didn't know this was you all second marriage. You don't even look that old uh, to even have the age of kids that you have. So... God bless you in that. But understanding that when you do divorce, it's a death, and you still have to mourn and grieve and, and get over whatever you didn't do right or did do right in your previous marriage, how do you avoid bringing that insecurity into your new marriage and not bringing the weight and wow. the baggage from your previous marriage? Wow. And the reason why I'm asking, I'm not asking for a friend, I'm asking for myself mm. because I'm dating, <laughs> I am that friend. Thank you. I'm dating someone who is in the process of getting a divorce in like a week mm. and it's been tumultuous mm. and I'm watching it play out and it's scaring me because I'm like, wow, I don't know that I want to, this will be my first marriage, it would be his second and I don't know that... He doesn't know anymore. He did at first, but now he doesn't. And so I'm seeing it all play out. And to see that this was you all second, and what statistics say, you've been married more than once, the quality and the length and the duration and the frequency, it gets less and less every marriage. So if you could just speak to that, just to encourage me, and just to share with that, please. Wow. Such Thank a good you. question. I, yeah. <clears throat> Thank um, you, Chanel. That was amazing. That, that very amazing. Uh, so for us, and I'm not sure if everybody, if everyone here knows our testimony, but for the first five years, it was in, insanely hectic. Like we were on the verge of divorce, honestly. And so I know exactly what you're talking about as far as like bringing in the the damage, the garbage, the luggage with you into a new relationship, um, and then unlearning things so that's basically for for us there was a lot of unlearning there was a lot of um bringing jesus into everything we had counseling we had and it wasn't if it wasn't for the counseling honestly we would not be here today um my husband does a better job with communicating so he'll probably give you more details than what i'm giving you but the, you're doing great baby thank you so but going through um, counseling and learning where certain things come from. So it's like I want to give you a lengthy response <laughs> because, yeah. no, I know, but it's, it's so important because 
let me tell you when when we were going through ours our, our stuff our mess and everything and i was able to express that to a pastor friend of mine um she brought us to a counselor and ro was like i don't need a counselor you need a counselor so at that moment i was just like all right like i want to save this marriage so if you think i need a counselor then i'm just gonna go that was the best thing I ever did because at the end of the day, there was things that I was dealing with. And through counseling, I was able to see like some of my responses to him, you know? So I'm at this time, I'm like 40 something. And then I realize why I'm stepping up to him. Why when he says something or when he, oh, you see me? <laughs> Why when he, when he says something or when he, you know, I'm being triggered. And so now learning where those triggers come from was a huge change for us. So it was in counseling that I saw that as a child, my father was an alcoholic and he would try, he would hit my mom or try to kill my mom with a knife and stuff. And I'm six years old and I, it's like six to like nine, six to 10, he's still doing this. And I'm the youngest of seven and I'm standing in the middle protecting her. So to see a man raise up is nothing for me in the sense of like, I'm just gonna, yeah, I'm just gonna raise up. I'm going to protect because I just go into protector mode. And unlearning that and learning first where that came from, surrendering it to God and then having God just do the work in me, God had to remind me and he still reminds me that he is my protector, that I've put things in the way, I've actually gotten in the way of what he wants to do with me, within me being vulnerable and stuff like that. Like I, I was telling the, my, um, my, now they're mine, <laughs> my intercessors, whoop, whoop. <laughs> I was letting them know that, um, see now I lost my train of thought. Um, yeah, that vulnerability is actually a superpower and, you know, it's not a weakness. And Pastor Marquez is one of the first people to, to actually, and Anna, to actually, like, express that to me, that it's actually a, a superpower. And so being able to just surrender these things to God and let go of the walls let go of whatever I thought I needed to put in place to protect my heart and to protect my children, I had to be able to release that to God. But first, knowing where it came from, knowing the root and being able to release that and then having, so having my individual counseling first and then going through marriage counseling honestly just made a huge difference. And then you just having an, having an open heart to what God wants to do with you, right? Because at the end of the day, there's a calling over my life separate from my husband. And I want all that he has for me. And for me to have what that is, then there's a lot of undoing, a lot of unlearning, a lot of surrendering. And I'm just like, here, Lord, so here's this. Here's my anger. There was, uh, oh, I can go on. Like... The, the, um, the anger that I dealt with, the anger issues that I dealt with, like all of that, all of that, God just had to like just remove. And he's still doing the work. He's still, we, we have Matrix. I don't know if you've heard of our Matrix University. I've been, yes, this is my sixth year, but in the fifth year that I went, five years of going through Matrix, okay, my fifth year, 
Holy Spirit revealed that I was dealing with rejection. And I'm like, wow. And so these things that I've dealt with as a child, like my rejection issue, uh, rejection issues that I've dealt with, abandonment issues, there's things that Roe can do, say that unbeknownst to him, it's triggering me. And it all has a root. And finding out where that root is and just surrendering it to God and letting him do the work. And so that's what it was for thank, us. That was amazing. And thank you for that question. I mean, um, just to kind of put a bow tie to that. The quick answer is that healing needs to take place. Yeah. That is the truth. Just there's no way around it. The truth is that even before our first relationship, we had baggage. Because it starts not in our relationship, our romantic relationship. All that started from when we were children. And so what we discovered is is that in that first marriage, all that was happening is that we were overcompensating for something that we didn't get. Or we were just making sure that we were going to protect ourselves in that first relationship. And the same thing, we were on the same train Mm -hmm. in the second relationship. Because how many know you got different issues but the same wounds? Mm-hmm. Yes. There's just different people that are triggering them, different situations that are triggering them. But they actually start. And sometimes, obviously, they're, they're magnified in a relationship. So yeah. then I'm in my first relationship. They're magnified there. I jump into a second relationship. And that's where those statistics come from. It's like, yeah, the odds of that relationship failing go up by 50%. And so the, the, the thing is, is that, and this is the... the The worst thing that we can do is try to heal by jumping into another relationship. God wants to heal you. And so if if something that we learned is that we needed to heal way before we got together. Yeah, God wanted to heal us. And obviously in God and his sovereignty, he allowed and he he made this happen. And thank God we didn't lead, lead to divorce but there were so many things that even before our marriage we were dealing with. When she talks about that revelation, God bringing up a memory of her past and seeing that she was a protector when she was never called to be a protector to try to protect her mom at eight years old. She was never. And then what the enemy does is he says, that's who you are. That's your DNA. That's your identity. And for me, like I said, no, you got issues. You got to go to counseling. Well, I'm in counseling with her and the Holy Spirit shows me. You have this demand for respect that all started from your father calling you stupid. It's like, what? It's like, yeah, when your father called you stupid, you made an inner vow and you said, no one will ever disrespect me like that again. Right now you can do it because you're bigger than me and me because you're my father. But there will be one day that you will not be able to do that to me. And so that's when I demanded respect from anybody I was in a relationship with. And so any little thing Lisa would do, it would feel disrespectful. But that didn't start with Lisa. That started way before. Her feeling like, you know, I was raising up. That didn't start with me. That started way before. And so the best thing I could tell you is truly, number one, healing. And listen, if there's no evidence of healing within yourself and maybe the partner you're looking in uh, to be with, it's okay to wait. It's okay. Say, hey, I want to be a whole person. Like, May doesn't complete John. John doesn't complete May. Like, I want to be a whole person. She doesn't complete me. I don't complete her. We are whole people that God, she makes me better. She doesn't make me whole. Mm -hmm. Come on. 
So good. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, guys. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Chanel. That was a great question, Chanel. One more time for Chanel. Wow. Bold, Thank you. transparent. I think, I think we just love saying Chanel. It's I just know, so Chanel. Chanel. <laughs> it's, right. We're sponsored, so yeah. shit now. <laughs> yeah. All right, we have lovely Betsy here Betsy. who has a question for hey, you. Hey, Betsy. Well, you, you guys answered two of my questions, so now I have to go to my back, back <laughs> question. Um, as parents, children challenge you guys. What do you guys do to overcome that where they don't get used to to argue because they want something that, you know, used to either, for example, let's just say, May, you're like, yes, and John, you're like, no. Mm. You know, they'll come to you first and they'll go to the other person. How do you guys handle that and make sure you stay in agreement? <laughs> And just for time purposes, we'll just have May and John. Go ahead, John. No, no, I, I joke around, right? Because sometimes my kids will do that. They'll, they'll go to her and then, or not go to her at all, and just come to me and be like, Daddy, can I? Because I give in quick. I'm like, all right, sure, go for it. But in doing that, I've learned that that could be bad for them. So going, what we decided to do was whenever they ask for something, I'm like, let me talk to mom first. And then let's see what she said. Did you ask mom or vice versa? Did you ask dad? And they're like, forget it. My son will be the first one to tell you. Hey, dad, can we go here? Did you talk to mom? I'm not, I'm not asking her, you know, because I know what you're going to say. But being on the same page and communicating that, listen, we have to discuss. We have to figure it out together. It helps out. If I can just amen, honey. Yeah, if I can just add something, though, to that, and this is just full transparency, I, me and John have had a discussion. We keep having an ongoing discussion about actually going to counseling as a family. Because Amen. John and I have never seen the function, the full God potential function of a marriage within a family. Mm. So a lot of our, we've had a lot of disagreements because I'm like, because he, I'm more the, the you know, tut, 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 tut. no, like I'm more stern than he is. And we've gotten into these things where I'm like, we, it's, the kids know, and Jeremiah's here. <laughs> the kids know. It's like divide and conquer between us, you know? Like, if I could get one and you could get the other, we could make this happen. And I actually said, to, uh, we, we're having an ongoing conversation, like, hey, we need to probably, we're, we should go to a family counselor mm. because we've recognized that we've never seen a fully healed mom and dad with children mm. within a marriage. Yeah. He grew up in a single, with a single mom. I grew up with a single mom. There was no, there was no dad present. So I'm like, we don't know what we're doing. Like that's the truth, right? I'm like, we're we're older, we're adults. You would think we know what we're doing. We don't. I'm like, these kids. I'm like, if they gang up on us, they're gonna run us over. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but you know, and that and that's with sincerity. That's just being fully transparent because it's it's as Pastor Will said. Like when you don't see, when you don't see what two healed God-fearing people um, and the design that God created. With, with a family unit, when you don't see that and you don't know it, trying to figure it out by yourself is hard, you know? And, and yes, you know, God has shown us and we've, we've progressed all the years, but I'm like, the kids are getting older too. Like, I feel like we need to be like more, <laughs> um, you know? And if anybody knows my darling daughter, whom I love with all of me, she is, um, 
she, I tell the Lord all the time, you know, we, and Mariah, we say things, but I'm like, I tell the Lord all the time, like, I know she's going to be somebody for your kingdom and nobody's going to convince her otherwise. But until then, Lord, <laughs> teach me, teach us yeah. how to, how to like let her develop, but at her age appropriate box. Cause sometimes it gets, sometimes my nine year old acts like a full fledged teenager. And I'm like, we're too, I'm like, it's too early for this. So we need to figure this out. But we, I say that to just being fully transparent. Like, we, we're having an ongoing discussion. I'm like, we need to go to a family counselor just so we can see, you know, and heal and try to figure this out. Yeah. Love that. Thank you Thank so you. much. Thank you, Betsy. Hi, Yvette. Hello. You have a question for our panelists? Hey. Wrote it down, so keep it quick. Um, so throughout the series, you know, each speaker has said for people um, who aren't married, pay attention because there's information here that will be useful down the road. So my question for you all is, what is the best non-cliche advice that you would give to the young adults and adults um, of the church who are stewarding their single season? Oh, that's good. You know, that's <laughs> that non-cliche thing throws me off yeah. a little bit. It can be cliche because, if because it's real. Let me, let me explain why. And uh, I practice Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. It's like, Pesaro always looks for a reason to say he does BJJ. All right. <laughs> that was a question plant from uh, him. There are things that are called fundamental mistakes, and there are things called technical mistakes. Okay? What I've found when it comes to the single folk that I talk to, and I was a youth pastor for 10 years, when you go back to the cliche thing, sometimes the cliche thing sounds for me like the fundamental thing, you know? And so it's like, for me, I'm okay with the technical mistakes. When I roll with someone at a certain rank, let's say if you're a blue belt, you're, there's an expectation that you wouldn't make fundamental mistakes. You can make technical mistakes, but the only ones that are making fundamental mistakes are, let's say, the white belts. Mm -hmm. Bishop is a white belt. No, no, he's actually better than I am. Um, but the idea there is, I think that when it comes to being single, f actually following the cliche advice like what we went over. Yeah. That's the, this is like, I'm more like, you're having a hard time following the cliche advice. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, like, I just need you to follow the cliche advice. <laughs> and I'm, I'm good there. So when I think about, like, putting God first, when I think about, hey, praying together, when I think about, hey, go to church together, I think that there's a lot of people that are struggling there and are more interested in, I know, how do I know if they're the one? And how do I know? Um, I'm more like, hey, I'm okay with, not that I'm okay with, but I'm okay with technical mistakes. I'm okay with you not getting it at all times. I'm okay that there will be times that you guys may make a mistake. You guys may fall in sin. I need the fundamental things to be followed. And so it's hard to say some of the, like, non-cliche things. And I'm sorry, like, I'm ruining your question right now. <laughs> it's hard for me to hear the non-cliche things. And maybe privately, because I feel like you are following all the... <laughs> all the She's like, but Pastor Ro, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not making fundamental mistakes. <laughs> so for me, it's more like, um, let me just put that out there. The fundamental, the cliche stuff, follow that. Follow that. That is, um, 
important. And the second, maybe non-cliche advice, truth, truly, get yourself a couple that you can hold yourself accountable to. Yeah. Yes. Truly, like, I, I'm, I'm seeing relationships happen. I mean, my goodness, our, our, I feel like our church has have gone from junior high school to high school in three years, and all, all the babies are adults now, and I'm seeing relationships happen. And what I'm not seeing is relationships being held accountable. Pastor Ruben and Amanda, I mean, they were grown folk. She had already been married. And, and granted, not everything's perfect, but they submitted their relationship to accountability. And don't get me wrong. It's not like we want to be the priest and be examining your relationship and know what's going on in and out. No. But there's a sense of relationship, single people wanting to do it alone. Yeah. That it's like, oh, yeah, you just want to. Hey, advice, you don't know how to do relationships by yourself. Come on. <laughs> hey, you, you don't know how to do relationships. Hey, you, you suck at relationships, okay? I'm just letting you know right now. So, I'm about to put on the mic. So, find a couple. Find a couple that you can hold yourself accountable to. Maybe, you know, and again, not every, I'm sure like not every couple, don't find me and Lisa, all right, we're busy. No, I just said. They're but taken. find yourself a couple that can, can say, hey, can I meet with you once every two months? Can I meet with you once every two months? I really love what God is doing in your life and it'll be awesome. Hey, oh, you want to make it easier? Can I make it easier? Hey, can I take you out to dinner? That's it. Make it easier on that couple that's going to be pouring into you. Yeah. Hey, would it be all right if we spend, you know, 90 minutes every two months or 90 minutes every month. And would you able, be able to hold us accountable once a month? Yeah. Hopefully that was helpful. And just real quick, just to say, Pastor Roman Lee, when they started dating, they did the same. Like, they would call us. Come on. Hey, you know. I wasn't going to brag. We're, we're gonna, but you know what I mean? Like, it's not just saying that for say, like, they also follow that example. Like, we were already married when they started dating. So it was like, they used to be like, hey, you know, we're going to go out. This is where we're going. You know, oh, I just dropped off Lee. Like, that would be the accountability that they would have with us um, just to keep it transparent. Um, yeah. It's like, I'm sorry. It's like uh, some people ask me, hey, I needed advice when I'm at base three. I'm, I'm about to cross home. I'm like, no. It's like, Lord, help me. I'm in the house with her alone. No, bro. I don't got no advice for you. Right. <laughs> you should have never been in the house by yourself with them. Right. Like, you get what I mean? And so for me, it's like, yeah, the fundamentals are so yeah. important, but secondary, yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you are so you much. Saying, are you saying not, be, not remaining in a relationship? Oh. Run after God. Yeah. I know it sounds cliche. Look, look, in your singleness, I'm going to run after God. And then you're going to look to your side, and you're going to see somebody else running after God just as fast as you are. And you'd be like, you know what? He's cute too. You know what, Pastor Roe, what do you think? All right, Pastor Roe, you got your thumbs up? All right, we're going to run this race. Okay? If he out back there, sorry, that guy ain't for you. Amen? And I'm speaking to you because you're my spiritual daughter. All right. <laughs> that was great. Thank you. And we have Sheila with the notes. Yeah. yeah. With the notes? <laughs> no, no, it's my question. Yes. Yeah, no, <laughs> funny. So, marrying later in life, which would be my case, both partners are already set in their ways. I had a few questions, but a lot of them were answered already. 
Um, you know, both partners are set in their ways. We have our personal lives. We have our work lives. So what advice would you give to a couple um, where they won't feel that they're giving up so much of themselves to be married? Because I think that when I look at marriage or think about marriage, that's one of the fears that I have because I'm so, you know, I'm alone, I live with my son, you know, I'm single and satisfied. Let, let's make that be known. Right. I'm single and satisfied. And even with that, sometimes I feel like I have these blinders on and it's so weird because if I like go out or whatever and, and they're like, oh, you didn't know, I didn't see that person. Like, that's not what I'm going out for. Like, uh -huh. so um, what advice would you give to a, you know, a couple that is getting married later in life? Um, I, I want to say this, that there is a beauty in um, who you are or who you become within your marriage. So, yeah, it's like Roe is great alone. Like, he's magnificent alone, you know. But there, there's dynamics and there's things that I can bring out of him that can even make him greater. And then learning um, just to, in, in compromising, at the end of the day, he's not um, losing himself to me, right? If God is at the center, he's already laying down mm -hmm. all those things that make him, that, or all those things that he thinks make him. And then when he lives his life according to what God has for him, and he is who God has called him to be, and then him being now in a relationship with me, like all that, it just magnifies with me doing the same. And it just makes us even better, you know? And so. Yeah, um, I think I'm just trying to answer this question in a general way. I think that when it comes to the pattern that the scriptures speak about concerning marriage, is that everything about the relationship is with the intention of the two becoming one. Everything about it. And let, me, let me say this as well, and this could go back to Yvette's question as well. The pressure that sometimes society puts on being married and being in a relationship is, I think sometimes what pushes us in the direction of, oh, I gotta be married and I gotta be in a relationship. And it's okay to be saved single and satisfied for the glory of God, so okay? The Apostle Paul had known, had known um, wife, Jesus had known wife, um, and they were effective for the kingdom, and they walked in purpose, and they were complete, and they were full, and they were rocking. Yeah. Um, but now we're talking about marriage. We are talking about the idea of the two becoming one. So what does that mean? I'm going, Hollywood says, hey, protect yourself, protect your assets, protect whatever kingdom you've built, whatever empire you have. And, you know, they got to protect themselves. And if it doesn't work out, you know, you guys both leave clean. You know, like they don't, I think that that's not the biblical version of marriage. I think the biblical version of marriage is that the two would become one. So what happens if you're not there? What if your heart is not at that position? Well, you ask God, Lord, if you... If your will is that I would be in a relationship, 
then continue to mold my heart. And he will. This is where healing comes in. Heal my heart so that I can be that kind of wife, that I can be that kind of spouse. You know, I have this same question with my mother because my mother is single. My mother owns a house. My mother is a retired person. My mother, has, my mother has done great. And so, like, you know, as a son, I get protective for my mom, you know? Like, I can't have a Joe Schmo talking about I'm going to come live and, you know what I mean? That's like, right. Just, right? Like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to come live at your mom's house. Like, nah, right? But that's also the protective nature of a son. On my mom's position is that if she is going to join in holy matrimony with a man, it's with the idea of the two becoming one. Yeah. And us as children pray that that is someone that she can trust with um, what she has built in her name. Very good. Does anybody want to? Amen. Do we have? Yes. Yes, we have one final question. Okay. Do we have anybody in the audience that does want to come up at all? Are you guys? It's five fifty-five. Okay. Yes. So we got one more. We could easily do a part two. Well, I know. <laughs> Is this helping anybody? Please let me know. Is this helping anybody? Hi, Jennifer. How are you? Okay, we have a question. So my question um, is about the verse in Ephesians that talks about do not let the sun go down upon your anger. And I went back to revisit to make sure it was a biblical thing because you hear a lot in interviews, longstanding relationships, how did it work for, you know, decades. And I always hear the answer, we don't go to bed angry. And I'm a divorcee. My um, husband, my ex-husband passed away a month after we divorced. One of my biggest regrets is that I often went to bed angry. Um, and I went back to look to see if this was a Bible verse. And it actually, like the second part, verse 27 says, and do not give the devil a foothold. And that just like hit me hard today. But um, I want to know, like, is that something that you guys abide by? And what does that look like practically? <laughs> because, you know, obviously, like I'm not married now. And if ever, I'm like, Lord, how do you really, if you, if you feel, because I feel like it's easier for me to forgive somebody that's not close to me. But, like, when your spouse, like, if you feel slighted by your spouse, like, it just hurts harder. And I had a hard time. I remember so often in the midst of it thinking I should let this go. But I was so upset, so angry that often I would go to bed. And the next day it would be over for me. But then now I wonder, like, okay, for him, were you, what, what, did, it, did you get over it or, or were you harboring, you know, whatever? So what does that look like practically? So... Um... <laughs> <laughs> I know it is. So in our marriage, um, I will say, John is way better at forgiving than I am. Um, Let's give it up for John one more time. Let's <laughs> he is, he is. Um, but, you know, that's something that um, we do try, we do really try hard. I'm not saying we're perfect. There are moments that I'm like, I'm going to bed. And, you know, I just go to bed. Um, but I will say that, when you start to see, when you start holding Christ in the middle of your marriage and you understand that there's purpose in your marriage, those arguments that can get very heated very quickly, you start to see them from another lens. And we have started seeing things from another side. Um, when it, I'm not saying that, you know, it's, it, we're like, it's, it, it feels like this sometimes. Sometimes it feels like, oh, wait a minute, like, the enemy's trying to, he's trying to creep in here. Like, we can't, we can't let that happen. So it's almost like Miranda's Unite, 
you know, like we like, nah, we're not letting that come in, you know, like, and um, like I said, we're not perfect, but we have, but because we have Christ centered in our marriage, we do start to see it from a spiritual space and understanding there are things that um, try to nudge their way in and we, um, and sometimes we might let it cool down, right? I'm very, I'm very, I need a moment. I need a moment to process. I need a moment to think about it. I need a moment. I've, like, I feel like the Lord has been working in me and showing me, like, hey, you need to take a moment to just cool down. Because I can be very hot-tempered. And, um, you shaking your head a little too hard there. And, <laughs> and, you know, I can be very hot-tempered. So he's very chill, relaxed, laid back. And I'm like, and sometimes I'm like, all right, I need a moment because what I'm really trying to express, I need to say it in a way so that he can understand my feelings and then I can understand his and it's not this attacking, uh, this attacking motion, you know. Um, and we've, we've been practicing that and it's not always easy. Sometimes I'm just like, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I don't want to deal with it today is what happens. But for the most part, we try to kind of just take a moment and be like, okay, hold on. Like, what are we really trying to say here? Where is this, where is this actually stemming from? Um, and we've done it, and people are like, you're gonna do that when you're hot-headed? I have, we have, we've done it. We, we're like, even if we have to go to another room, sometimes we'll go to another space, and I'm like, all right, Lord, like, what is happening here? And what, am, what is he trying to communicate to me that I'm not understanding, and what am I trying to communicate to him that he's not understanding? Um, um, if I could piggyback, one of the things that's helped us is finding out the trigger, right? So sometimes I, I could be sarcastic, and I know that's hard to believe, but when 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 she gets when when we bicker, I will say something in a defense, not realizing where I'm protecting myself, but I am triggering her. So what we started doing was I would take a step back and be like, "Hold up, babe, I'm sorry. You misheard." what I said. I meant to say it this way, but because she was already in that space, took it as an attack. And another thing, and it might sound corny that I do, is I'll say something really random, like, is the stove still in the kitchen? And she'll like, you're so dumb. But then that's it. Like, that will, that will break that tension. And we, I want to say for like a year now, have made that commitment where we will not go to bed. Like, I don't care what the disagreement was or whatever, we will figure it out and we'll, you know, give each other a kiss at night. We will say, you know, I love you. And then just to, listen, we're not going to carry that into the next day. I, I, like she said, I'm very, I'm very quiet. I'm non-confrontational. So like if she's at a level, it's like, all right, when you calm down, we'll talk. Because if you're one way, it's never going to work because it's just a one-sided type of thing. So then we'll sit, we'll talk, air it out she'll realize that I was right. And then we keep it pushing. <laughs> that part. Um, and I know we gotta go, but real quick, you know what, what on, in addition to the five love languages, what has helped us too is that we um, have introduced the Enneagram. Um, and so we actually read a book, uh, pa two pastors wrote the book from looking at the Enneagram from a Christ-centered space, and it's called Becoming Us. And it has helped us tremendously. Like. I know he knows that my my it doesn't become our identity, but it explains sometimes the actions that we take. 
So I, so when I know that I've gone too far or my words are now mincing because that's, because I, because I can get there, um, and I see him retreat, I'm like, oh snap, I've gone too, like, it's too much. Like, I'm now I'm stepping into the I'm hurting him, sec, uh, you know, territory, you know, and I'm like, nope, we 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 can't do that, you know, and um, and in that we. We, um, we take the time to kind of just simmer down, like we said, but also it allows us to, it allows us to not see each other as enemies. Right. You know, it really allows us to not see each other as enemies. Um, he's not my enemy. I'm not his enemy. You know, the thing that we're trying to tackle might be triggering something, but it's, it's, we're not enemies. So we need to now attack this thing and be like, okay, where is this coming from? And sometimes our conversations get like counseling session deep. Like, where do you think that came from? Where do you think that came from? Because it's just, it's so much. Pastor, we'll talk about an inner vow. When I was nine years old, I grew up in a, in a, um, um, in a domestic violence home. I was nine years old when I, I, I literally saw myself in a corner and I vowed to myself that no man was ever going to touch me. So now fast forward, I walk into our relationship with that very thing. So now he, so before we, you know, without, uh, without even knowing it, if he would like try to like, you know, before, right? Like when we first got married, if he would try to like, to like I'd be like, what? You crazy. You're going to hit me? Yeah, the beef finger. <laughs> like, like, I'm like, you're going to hit me? No intention. But because of the action, like whatever, whatever mannerism he would have done, I was like, I would get on defense. And what we've learned through our almost 15 years of marriage, 17 plus together now, it's that, hey, we're not each other's enemies. Like, there's things that we, we, can, we can kind of simmer down and figure out um, if we just view it from another standpoint and say, oh, okay, wait a minute. There's something triggering us, and we need to figure this out. Yeah. And I want to answer this question as someone who loves sleep. Um, <laughs> we've had many sleepless nights um, trying to make sure that I don't care about sleep no he doesn't he'll like he could talk forever and ever and ever but like the sun is gonna come back up on this wrath no literally he's like we got another day we got another day his, his favorite is definitely daylight savings time for sure he's like we got another hour um, but no I think in those moments and I have to honor you for this um, often we want to hold on to our anger, um, but if we submit to what God really is saying about the situation, yeah. everything changes. Yeah. And he'll, he'll be like, all right, what does God say about that? And I'm like, I think he agrees with me, you know? <laughs> and he's like, really? You know, but like for real? And then we take a second and we're like, no, for real, like what is God saying about this? And it just helps so much. Now no, I have to add, um, the, you don't have to. The loophole <laughs> to the clause there is, I'm a loopholes guy. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. And me and Amanda have gotten really good at just realizing we can't figure out this situation. And so we either stay angry and keep trying to figure out the situation. Or maybe we solve nothing, but we can let go of anger. And hey, hey. I want to go to sleep, so can we, we, we have no idea how we're going to fix this. Yeah. I still feel unheard in what you did, but you know what? I'm going to just choose to love you right now. Sometimes for the sake of sleep, that's it. Just <laughs> for the sake of sleep, I'm going to let my wrath go, love you, 
and we will wake up and argue in the morning, you know? I love that. We're that always cuddling. I love that That's you said it. that, Ruben, because technically, like, sometimes if you're in an argument, the sun already went down. Yeah. Then you have till next. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> can, I, can I just throw Don't something out up. there? I'm, I'm a believer in identity language. And if that's a vow that you can make with your spouse and say, hey, if this is something that we want to follow, because, again, it says don't leave a, a foothold for the enemy. Mm -hmm. That's in context specifically speaking about the foothold to the enemy. So the idea that that can happen is literally saying, devil, do as you please. And so if you make a vow with your, we may all inner vow as children, but if you make a vow with your spouse, hey, we're the remedioses, and the remedioses don't go to sleep angry. Yeah. And so you can be in unresolved conflict. But you don't need to resolve conflict in an angry way. And so, okay, I understand that I might be hurt, but we're going to choose to put this on the side. We're going we're gonna to walk in faith by forgiving and get some Zs. And then the marriage counselor comes in. So good. Amen. Can we give it up for yeah, our amazing for our panel? <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Um, you guys can play. Uh, maybe Worship. you want to stay with me or... Um, yeah, um, Thank you, guys. At this time, we're going to have our prayer counselors come up because with everything that was discussed, we want you guys to be able to seek prayer. Um, what I want to come back to as we close and just bring all this together is who has become wisdom? It's Jesus. And all of this, all of this that was discussed and have you, as you've seen um, in what was shared even in the last four weeks, um, Jesus is at the center of all of this. Um, in everything, in everything. Maybe you have more questions throughout the week that come up. What really, I think all of us would say, gets us through um, is that Jesus is always at the forefront of whatever we're doing. Um, and so if we could just admonish you to do that. And, and if you guys have more questions throughout the week, we want you to know that there is a community group that is continuing our relationship series. It just launched, and so you can sign up for that. Um, Baby, do you want to say anything before I close this out? We just thank you all for being with us in this time because this was different, and I really liked it. I but loved it. thank you all so much. Can we stand as we pray? Um, and after that, you guys are more than welcome to come up. Father, I pray for every kind of relationship and every stage of life that is here, Lord. I pray that all the advice and knowledge that was given um, may land on good soil today um, and fertile soil, Lord. And so we just pray for every, every relationship here in this moment. And if there's anyone here at home or online who would like to place their faith in Jesus, um, all you simply have to do is put up a hand. And even that is just the outward expression of what's happening on the inside. And I just want to pray this over you for those who are saying yes to Jesus for the first time. Um, Jesus, you can say it with me, Jesus, I give you my life. Today I am new. In your name, amen. And Father, I just pray over this house that Kuhau may be an example, an example of what it looks like um, to put you first in relationships and to have godly marriages. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.